0: Last week on the Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast. As well as some older stuff that obliterated Nate or was a little bit naughty.
1: Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast coming at you live. Whether you like it or not, we're coming at you live. And click, 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 click. Time to send the offers. And. Our listeners have a lot of Aaron Jones and a lot of Austin Eckler because of me, not because of you. And. These goddamn end zones, Nate. They prevent me from putting up a 1,000 yards. And. I should be the one you would trust above all others on Leonard Fournette.
0: I don't know how you do it, man. You're a fucking magician, buddy. Chicken salad out of chicken shit. You made a shitload of delicious lemonade today, man. And.
1: By no means do I recommend their podcast. It's run by a couple guys who don't really know what they're looking at. We were hit by an RPG directly, but then a medic from the other side came over and resuscitated me and left you to die. So it's like, thank you so much. Oh, fuck off. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, fuck off. Oh, thank you. Fuck off. 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 And I don't feel anything. You can't get me to feel You think you can get me to feel after what I've seen, after what I've been through, after the places I've been, the things I've had to do to survive? You think you can get me to feel? Who the fuck do you think you are? (laughs) And my voice in front of this microphone is essentially the next evolution of weaponry (laughs) in sports debating. I have chills. Man. Oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, he's playing on an offense that throws the ball too much, and he's a wide receiver. And. You have a lot of problems. Why did you come in here? I'm a podiatrist. Well, the light was on. Very high right now. And. A.J. Dillon is far inferior to Swift and Taylor and Dobbins. Said he was one of the best backs he's seen in 10 years.
0: And. What's What's up? <laughs>
1: Alright, fuck it. I'm out of here. That's the kind of shit. That's why they tune in. (laughs) That's why they show up. What's up, everybody? (laughs) Welcome to the Sonic 2. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was a good one. Oh, yes. I truly appreciate that my time is valued and everything I'm going to be referencing in terms of percentages. They're not even percentages. They're percentiles. Are you done yet? For Christ's sakes. And he is going to Auschwitz via a VR headset. He misquoted Hitler. (laughs) What an idiot. And Did you just tell me you're giving people tomorrow's newspaper today, but you can't predict the future? What the fuck are you talking about? Listen, predictions are very difficult, especially those about the future. And you should always do it with a dog chewing a racquetball on the bed with a pillow half pulled out of the pillowcase and not move your head once while you record. And I'm probably quitting next year. It's both disingenuous and inaccurate, which is also... An accomplishment and before i met my wife i was incomplete now i'm finished and what do you call that a side chick nate is that a side chick that he has you're gonna blue balls the whole crowd and todd haley and his wife don't believe in wearing clothes at all and is this the time when you think people start masturbating to the show
0: Welcome, everybody, to the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. I am your host. You can find me on Twitter at StillRyan5. With me, as always, the man himself, Mr. Matt Kelly, who wanted the intro done two or three different times. He's here. He's got the shades on. He's looking sharp as always, Matt. We got ourselves a little bit of a show today.
1: We do. You're very cool with the introduction. I appreciate that. The vast majority of listeners cannot see me because this is not a visual medium, it's a podcast. But there's a handful of audience members on Facebook who can see us. And I do look very cool today. Yeah, look cool. Got the shades on. This is my cool country club dad. (laughs) Aesthetic. Saturday swag.
0: Yeah. That's right. You have it going on.
1: You committed the other cardinal sin that Nate also commits, which is you gave away content from the outtakes at the beginning of the show. Oh, boy. So shame on you. And... Shame on the entire fantasy football community for falling for this Ronald Jones fraud. There is a fraud being perpetrated on the fantasy football community that Ronald Jones still has a chance to be a star running back in the league, to be the entrenched starter in Tampa and operate as a workhorse for one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. You got to get this Ronald Jones. Now is the time. His breakout is imminent. And if you believe that, you're a sucker,
0: right? <laughs> Jones isn't good. Jones hasn't been good. We can go back, and you know, people talk about Kelly. Oh man, he, you know, he kind of, kind of came, came along last year. Or we're, we're told this off he's, he's added a few pounds. You know, he's at a few. He's at an ideal weight. His hands are getting better. Mm. You know, we can. are we're, we're, we're being fed Kelly. We're being fed all these, you know, all, the, all this Ronald Jones propaganda, man. I'm not buying it. I'm not I'm not buying it.
1: That's what separates good fantasy analysts from the suckers. We don't buy it. We don't buy it. I know. Yes. Tampa beat reporters have come out and said that Ronald Jones will serve as the first and second down back with Keyshawn Vaughn as a straight backup. And you can't bury the lead. We cannot bury the lead here. Do not bury the lead. Daria Goomba Wale will handle third down duties. Daria Goomba Wale will handle third down duties. Just like James White was assigned third down duties in New England. And then his role grew. You have a Ronald Jones fumble. You have a missed blocking assignment by Keyshawn Vaughn. And you'll see the Dare Agunbowale role continue to grow. You want to select the least expensive Tom Brady running back in fantasy leagues. This is Dynasty. This is seasonal. This is all league formats. You want to especially target the least expensive Tom Brady running back. That was LeGarrette Blunt once upon a time. And LeGarrette Blunt scored 18 touchdowns that season. That was Deion Lewis once upon a time. And Deion Lewis was the highest scoring running back in the fantasy football playoffs that season, just behind Todd Gurley. So if you didn't have Todd Gurley, you needed Deion Lewis to compete with the teams that had Todd Gurley. This year, it's Dari Gumbawale. Do you agree?
0: I like I like the value where you're where you're getting Dari, and you really can't step away from the cheap Tom Brady running back narrative. I think I think that still holds a lot of weight. What I want to ask you, Kelly, and, and it, we're talking about Keyshawn Vaughn, so it does apply. But this could be this is a rookie. This is a broader rookie question that I think is important. Are you putting Are you putting you know Cadence into the the rookies having a tough time catching on? because of COVID, because of the time away, is that going to affect someone like...
1: Wide receivers more than running backs.
0: Okay. Yes,
1: wide receivers more than running backs. And sharp analysts are projecting Keyshawn Vaughn to score more fantasy points than Ronald Jones, because even if Ronald Jones is anointed the primary back role Mm -hmm. in week one, that doesn't mean that he'll have the primary back role in week two or week three, or week four, as Keyshawn Vaughn continues to outplay him in practice, Ronald Jones becomes a ticking time bomb. Sure, you have him in Dynasty? Great, great. Let him play week one. Maybe he plays well in week one, even. Great. Trade him. Trade him as soon as possible. Because Keyshawn Vaughn is best comparable to Dalvin Cook. Keyshawn Vaughn is just as fast as Ronald Jones. But... He's 10 pounds heavier, or now he's not. Now he's 10 pounds lighter,
0: right? Because Ronald Jones gained 20 pounds? Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> Ronald Jones. that's a mistake. Feels like a mistake.
1: Vaughn is a better pass protector. Vaughn is a better pass catcher. Vaughn is better between the tackles, better outside the tackles. He's better at football in every way than Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is simply getting the veteran deference. This is the deference that all players get on a football team. They're assumed to be the starters until they're dramatically outplayed. And I think that it's only a matter of time until Keyshawn Vaughn starts dramatically outplaying Ronald Jones. And even if Ronald Jones remains the starter for a number of weeks, he's not going to be in the game in high leverage situations. (laughs) It's more likely going to be Daria Gumbawale in the hurry up offense. Daria Gumbawale in the two minute drill. When a lot of these fantasy points get scored, Ronald Jones is going to be off the field. That's why Goomba Wale is the better value.
0: Yeah, I can't. I can't get. I don't. I, again, Dynasty as you hit on Jones, sure. Week one, week two, whatever. Still young, early draft capital. We know all that.
1: He's younger than Keyshawn Vaughn. Have you heard, Ryan?
0: Yeah. Have you heard? I've, I've, I've heard it all. I've heard it all, Kelly.
1: He's still very young. Yep. Just because he was a bust through two seasons doesn't mean. It couldn't happen for him. Right. Well, it happens sooner for running backs. Running backs have this ticking clock, and they have to break out within the first couple of years, or it's over. You're moving on from Kerry and Johnson. You should be moving on from Ronald Jones and celebrating the running backs that actually did break out, like a Nick Chubb, like a Saquon Barkley, like a Aaron Jones. Celebrate those guys and walk away from the bust running backs after the teams have signaled that they need help at running back. They put that SOS out to the world in the NFL draft, selecting DeAndre Swift in Detroit, selecting Keyshawn Vaughn in Tampa. And I still like Keyshawn Vaughn. I still like Keyshawn Vaughn, but this news does depress Keyshawn Vaughn's dynasty values slightly. Mm -hmm. A couple months ago, I had the 111, 112, and 201 in a super flex draft. Mm -hmm. And I selected Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, and Keyshawn Vaughn with those picks. Hmm. And I regret it now. I regret it. If I could go back and redo it, if I could replay those picks, I would go Jefferson, Rager, Ruggs. Ruggs is now more valuable than Keyshawn Vaughn because now it's clear that Keyshawn Vaughn's not going to be startable early in the season. And at age 24, that does depress his fantasy value. She perked up a little bit. More in seasonal leagues than it does in dynasty, but it it does affect dynasty as well because we care most about near-term production. Our dynasty rankings, playerprofiler.com forward slash player rankings, puts a premium on near-term production. So Keyshawn Vaughn necessarily slips on the overall dynasty rankings, and with the news coming out of Las Vegas that Mayock and Gruden see Henry Ruggs as a proper alpha, a wide receiver they're going to target in all quadrants of the football field. You'd rather have Ruggs than Keyshawn Vaughn, and that pick by the Podfather earlier this year was a mistake.
0: It's refreshing, Kelly, to hear you step back and say, listen, if we could, if we can mulligan, because I, I think the last time I was on this show, you and I went on a little bit of a tangent with Henry Ruggs and the Raiders in general, but we talked a good bit about Ruggs, and I love the potential for a voluminous role for Henry Ruggs, so I'm glad that that's... That's where that's where things are trending, Kelly. That should should have been there a little you know, a couple months back, but we're here now, and that's all that matters to me.
1: We mentioned DeAndre Swift in Detroit. He's rising as Keyshawn Vaughn is falling in all league formats. But I feel like we're at that point in the season when the off season, we're in that we're at that point in the offseason when the rookies start to be discounted. And you see this. In the Seasonal League ADPs, like at the FFPC, you see that Jonathan Taylor continues to slip a slot and a half a week, where now he's being drafted in the fourth round, where he was being drafted in the mid-third round. And by the end of the summer, he may be an early fifth round pick. Is the fantasy football community starting to forget about the upside of a Jonathan Taylor and a DeAndre Swift?
0: certainly with Swift. I think this is a player that, you know, before Jonathan, everyone realized, you know, rightfully so that Jonathan Taylor is who he is, you know, Swift, you know, preseason last year, he was the, you know, far and away the RB one that self-corrected as it should have. This is still a good player. The problem with Swift, and this is probably a bigger conversation, which one that you and I have had before is landing spot. And, talk about coach narratives and, and these headlines and these beat writers. The problem with Swift is all the noise Kelly were hearing about Detroit and their insistence on a running back by committee approach. So I think a lot of drafters, um, you know, uh, dynasty aside for season long, a lot of drafters are are worried about exactly what kind of work DeAndre Swift is walking into.
1: At what point did the Detroit coaches come out and say, we're going to give DeAndre Swift and Karrion Johnson an equal number of touches every week. Did, did I miss something? Did they come out and say that?
0: That's been Patricia's MO. That's, that's been their coaching staff's MO is we want, we want to run with multiple backs.
1: How long have they been coaches in the NFL? Matt Patricia's going into his third season. No one said they're good. And all he's had is Karrion Johnson. He's never had a proper bell cow who can win in all phases. He's never had anything close to what DeAndre Swift is. Mm -hmm. Detroit asked for a mulligan on the Karrion Johnson pick and got it in the form of DeAndre Swift. They knew that Karrion Johnson wasn't the answer. I talked about this on the last show. The Roster Watch guys, Alex Dunlap, Byron Murphy, they talked to Detroit Lions coaches at the Combine in 2019 after Karrion Johnson's muted rookie year breakout, but he was very efficient in his rookie year. And the Detroit Lions coaches essentially said, not so fast. The league is going to catch up to Kerry and Johnson. They were not enthusiastic about him, where the opposite was true with Cincinnati coaches just gushing over Joe Mixon. And at the Combine, there's no reason why the coaches can't say, yeah, we look forward to feeding Kerry and Johnson as much as possible. And it was A layup question that Alex asked to Matt Patricia. Say he's your primary guy. Say he's your go-to guy. Say it. Say it. And they refused to say it. Where Bengals coaches had no problem calling Joe Mixon, their primary back, their workhorse. And going all the way back to 2019, we were getting the signals. The signals were being received from Detroit that Carrion Johnson was not the answer. Karen Johnson's not special. DeAndre Swift is special. 75th percentile college target share. 77th percentile yards per carry. So he's commanding targets. He's super efficient. And he's athletically comparable to Miles Sanders. He was just more productive in college than Miles Sanders. He's a more productive collegiate running back than Miles Sanders. He has a better prospect profile than Miles Sanders. And the Detroit Lions are less committed to Kerry Johnson Then the Eagles were committed to Jordan Howard, who they signed in free agency last season. And when members of the sports media industrial complex ask, what do you think about DeAndre Swift? It was shocking to hear a player say, I look forward to sharing the football with DeAndre Swift. It's like, wait, 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 what? maybe you welcome the competition. Did you just call yourself a committee back? Did you just admit that you're not capable of handling a primary back workload in the NFL? That was what Karrion Johnson implied with his comments.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Like with Patricia, what Carrion Johnson didn't say was even more noteworthy than what he did say. Mm-hmm. That he didn't come out strong and say, This is my backfield. I welcome the competition, but I'm the best back. I'm going to be carrying the mail in Detroit this season. He said nothing like that. It was the ultimate beta soy boy move <laughs> by Kerry and Johnson to slink away when asked about DeAndre Swift. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy that we have more talent in the backfield because we needed it. Like, brrr, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Stand up for
0: yourself. Where is Swift being drafted right now, Kelly? And where should he be drafted too late
1: too late too late too late too late wherever he's being drafted it is too late that is all i have to say about that
0: where do you want to see him drafted
1: in seasonal leagues he's going in the fifth round and that's in high stakes leagues now in more casual leagues you can get deandre swift sixth seventh eighth round right high stakes leagues are sharper and they know what they have in deandre swift they understand the upside of a deandre swift of a jonathan taylor and Swift should be getting selected before Clyde edwards Solaire. Oof. That, to me, is the line of demarcation. Why Edward Solaire would be selected before Jonathan Taylor and before DeAndre Swift makes no fucking sense. He should also be selected before Cam Akers in Dynasty and in Seasonal Leagues. I think DeAndre Swift is the second best running back in this class behind Jonathan Taylor. And if I have the 102, I'm picking DeAndre Swift in dynasty rookie drafts, over J.K. Dobbins, over Edwards Hilaire, and over Cam Akers. Boy, oh boy. Because he could be the first running back to operate in a primary back role from this rookie class. You could see it. He could beat Cam Akers to the primary back role. Why? Because Karrion Johnson's not necessarily better than Darrell Henderson. Karrion Johnson's not good. Ronald Jones isn't good. Move on. The faster you can move on in dynasty from running backs like a Ronald Jones and a Karrion Johnson that are not special and acknowledge the running backs that are special and put your chips into the middle of the table to get a DeAndre Swift, to get a Jonathan Taylor, to get a J.K. Dobbins before everybody realizes, oh, 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 this player is special. You could have had Miles Sanders at this time last year for a fraction of of what it takes to get him now. So what are you waiting for?
0: I uh I'm, I I guess I don't find myself as passionate about Swift. I I love I love the RB2 take. You will be next year. Don't worry,
1: Ryan. Just <laughs> let him prove it to you this year. Okay. Okay. Take tomorrow's newspaper, which I have handed to you, placed on your doorstep. Go ahead and take tomorrow's newspaper. Put it in a drawer so you don't have to look at it. You don't have to use your brain, Ryan. And then once he posts the impressive rookie season and starts to move into that top 10 dynasty running back zone, maybe threatening top five, maybe then, Ryan, you can acknowledge, oh, yeah, this guy's special, isn't he? Man, I had an opportunity to get him, and I blew it. I was talking to John Moore on Twitter about this because he had an offer where he would trade DeAndre Hopkins for the Rookie 101 and the Rookie 206 and, and, and a mid-first rounder in 2021. And I said, smash that shit. (laughs) Smash that shit. I would dump DeAndre Hopkins for less. Smash, smash, smash. And I said, this Jonathan Taylor is going to be a top three running back in fantasy football sooner rather than later. So just get it over with and get him on your roster now when you can essentially pick up a free 2021 first rounder in the deal. And a second rounder that could become a wide receiver that becomes DeAndre Hopkins. Run and accept that offer if you're John Moore. Don't counter, just, just accept. Don't let your league mate, have second thoughts. Just go get him. Because that mid-second rounder could be Ayuk, could be Chenault, could be Brian Edwards. It won't be Ayuk now that Debo Samuel broke his foot, but back when John and I were having this conversation, Ayuk was available there. Hell, in a single quarterback dynasty rookie draft, I would even consider K.J. Hamler in the second round because he went in the second round in the actual draft. Do you know where K.J. Hamler was drafted, Ryan? Do you remember? 214. Wow. Okay. So you do remember, and you had the page up. I
0: absolutely had the page up, 100%. I'm, re- I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you, Kelly.
1: By the way, I want to let you know I'm, I was impressed that I was updating the show sheet before the show, 15 minutes before the show. I saw you logged into Google Sheets checking the show sheet. I don't fuck around, Matt Kelly. Nate never does that.
0: <laughs> no, no. Nate
1: no. never does that. He's never prepared. He's barely awake when he turns the mics on. (laughs) Spends zero time preparing. And here you are preparing before the show and preparing during the show. You have the KJ Hamler page up on your screen to answer questions instantaneously. He was drafted in the mid second round. Beautiful. People forget that he was drafted in the mid second round. Don't forget that. He was selected before a lot of the wide receivers Mm -hmm. that are going earlier than him in Dynasty rookie drafts because, oh, well, he may not produce in year one. Yeah, he may not. He may not. But guess what? Without rookie camp, without mini camp, it puts a premium on wide receivers with speed. You don't have to run a robust route tree. No need if you're KJ Hamler. No need if you're Henry Ruggs. Just go run the go route and... We'll throw the ball up to you. Just to outrun the defense mm-hmm. and get open. Mm-hmm. And Drew Locke has a strong arm. He can push the ball out there. Certainly. Stronger than Derek Carr.
0: This is what you do to me. I'm, I, here I am catching praise for being prepared. <laughs> and you're going to shoehorn Derek Carr's slander.
1: Hamler and Ruggs, their production could be more similar this year. Than anyone imagines.
0: Kelly, are you someone that finds yourself concerned when you pull up playerprofile.com here and you see he's listed at 178 pounds? That's
1: what T.Y. Hilton was coming out. T.Y. Hilton was 178 pounds coming out of Florida Atlantic. hmm And he was a third-round pick. So it's possible that we're looking at T.Y. Hilton 2.0. Have you seen the tape of K.J. Hamler? We don't have the workout metrics. So when there's no workout metrics... We do have to watch highlights to see how fast these players are compared to college corners and safeties. Mm -hmm. And KJ Hamler had no problem. No problem outrunning them and then pulling away regularly. Super impressed with KJ Hamler's tape. He's fast. I mean, he's so fast. I mean, this is why you have to go to the tape on a Brian Edwards. We don't know how athletic he is. You have to go to the tape on a KJ Hamler. You have to. Mm -hmm. What else are you going to do? But Mm -hmm. T.Y. Hilton, third-round pick out of a small school. John Brown, third-round pick out of a small school. They're closely comparable to K.J. Hamler, who was drafted earlier from a major conference program. Mm -hmm. And he was productive at that major conference program. He wasn't just a one-dimensional field stretcher. Oh, no. K.J. Hamler, close to 1,000 yards last season with a 25% target share. And the beauty is, oh, you know I love... 600-plus special teams yards for two consecutive
0: seasons. Dynamism.
1: Oh, he's so dynamic. He's so dynamic. This will ensure that he's active on game day. Mm-hmm. And knowing that he's active, they're going to drop plays for him. Remember Tyreek Hill's first year in the league? He was not a starter. Mm-hmm. But the Chiefs used him on special teams. He was returning punts. And then they would drop a play or two every game.
0: Yeah. Still got him involved.
1: To try to get him the ball. And sure enough... There goes Tyreek Hill for a 60-yard touchdown. You're going to see some 60-yard touchdowns from K.J. Hamler this year. You may see more long touchdowns from Hamler than you do Rugs.
0: I'm not going to bite. I'm not going to bite with that one either. I like Hamler, and I'm, I'm glad you brought him up. I think he's in a good spot.
1: I have as much Hamler as any rookie. My three highest-owned players in Dynasty from rookie drafts this season are Jalen Hurts, K.J. Okay. Hamler, and... Adam Troutman. Now, most of these are Superflex and 2QB, so in the second round, I'm selecting Hertz in the late second, because normally I draft late in rookie drafts because my teams are so good, <laughs> getting a lot of Hurts in the late second round, Hamler in the late third, and then getting Troutman in the fourth. Sometimes I trade up for Troutman. That's how much I like Troutman. I trade up for him.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Smaller school? Dayton kid? Just get it over with. Just get it, he's
1: so closely comparable to Dallas Goddard, especially in tight end premium leagues. I'm shocked at how early you can get him. He has a 95th percentile agility score at 6'5", 255. So he broke the scales on size-adjusted agility. And that's what you want from a tight end. You want them to have that lateral quickness across the middle of the field. When they're trying to operate in the swirl of chaos, you want nimble, light-footed tight ends that are also big enough to operate in line and command a 90-plus percent snap share. And that's what Adam Troutman is. Mm-hmm. Imagine Dallas Goddard on New Orleans. Imagine if they just switched places, put Troutman on Philadelphia and put Goddard on New Orleans. How would you feel about Goddard? Give me, give me Goddard. In me. Dynasty, right? You think, oh, one more year for Jared Cook? in New Orleans, and then it's the Dallas Goddard Show in the
0: Bayou, right? Trotman coming off a monster, monster senior campaign here, dude. Over 900 yards, 14 scores, Um, you know, 87th percentile breakout age, 97th percentile college dominator. I mean, clearly he's checking, you know, he's checking these boxes, Kelly, that we want checked. He was an
1: alpha at the Senior Bowl. All the other tight ends... Paid their respects. Paid homage to Adam Troutman. Let him go first in every drill. Let him talk to the media first. He was the guy. He was the clear guy. He was the Captain America character at the Senior Bowl. He's a no-doubter. Dallas Goddard was a no-doubter once upon a time. Dallas Goddard goes to the Senior Bowl and is now lore. He's now part of Senior Bowl lore in that He only played for half a practice, and then he tore a bicep or a tricep or a shoulder or something, some upper body muscle tear. Maybe it was a peck. I don't remember. But he tore some upper body muscle and had to leave Mobile. So they saw him for half a practice, and they still talk about that half a practice that Dallas Goddard put in in Mobile. And with Adam Troutman, it was every practice. It was celebrating him after every practice. He was so much better than every other tight end on the field by this wide margin. He was a no-doubter. He was a no-doubter. And then to see the workout metrics line up, where he's comparable athletically to Dallas Goddard, where he was a dominant college producer, I don't understand how he's so available late in startups, especially tight end premium. I think it is the tight end premium draft inefficiency.
0: This praise, Kelly, is notable because some may have forgotten, but you you threw on the old scouting cap. You were boots on the ground at the senior bowl. You had your binoculars. You had your you had your credentials. You know what I mean? You were there. You saw firsthand. You know, this isn't you're not just taking bylines from from some sort of, you know, other this is this is your journalism here, Kelly. You were you were you were a scout. You were a scout. See this? See this? See this? What do we got?
1: This is a shoe. Okay, this is a shoe. You see this? This is a shoe.
0: I see it. I see it. It's a house slipper, really.
1: I will eat my shoe. (laughs) I will eat this. I will eat my shoe if Adam Troutman is not good. If Adam Troutman isn't starting for fantasy football rosters sooner rather than later, I will eat this shoe. I will eat the shoe if Adam Troutman's not good.
0: That's confidence. That's confidence I've ever heard it right there.
1: I can't believe how late you can get him. I'm, sh- I'm just shocked. I'm just so shocked how late you can get him. Do you see how I was in this FFPC
0: draft? This is, uh, this is, is a big deal, Kelly. Some, some, some decent coin involved?
1: Yes, there was some decent coin involved, absolutely. I had the 112, started Miles Sanders, Jonathan Taylor at the 112 Then at the 312 was... Fortunate to get Cam Akers, followed that up with AJ Brown. Then at the 512, DJ Chark and TJ Hawkinson, it's tight end premium. Then at the 712, Kirk Cousins and Sam Darnold. And then at the 912, Christian Kirk and Henry Ruggs. What do you think of that start, Ryan?
0: Very, very on brand for the Podfather. Uh, starting strong off the gate, robust RB. You gotta love. The Sanders Taylor stack that's uh, that 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 makes me excited as someone who, again, admittedly, uh, isn't isn't as gung ho for the strong running back start, but I think it really doesn't get much better than than someone like Sanders and 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 Taylor to start, and then coming back around with a Cam Akers. It's um I think I think you started strong out of the gate, Kelly.
1: Very fortunate to get Cam Akers the three twelve. Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins should not be available. At the 312, but they are often available in the third round of startups and Superflex. You need to get them. You need to get those backs. That's your opportunity. You have one opportunity, one chance to get elite bell cow backs. Elite bell cow backs that are 20 and 21 years old in this case. Push the button. Push the button. What What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? It was like with Jonathan Taylor. I was like, what are we we waiting for? We don't get him here. We can't get him. And he's going to be a league-winning running back for years and years. One of the best running back prospects of all time. Jonathan Taylor, as the most productive running back through three seasons of a college career, and with one of the most explosive, size, speed, athletic profiles we've ever seen, Jonathan Taylor is clearly a top 3 running back prospect of all time. So the idea that we could get him at not even the 112, at the 201 off the turn. The idea that that guy, that that guy would even be available to me with the last pick, with the last pick. The idea that Jonathan Taylor is still available shows that fantasy gamers, including high-ish stakes dynasty leaguers. This is a $250 buy-in at the FFPC. We love the FFPC. On this program, we appreciate the FFPC because they have these dynasty best ball drafts where we don't have to manage this team. We just draft it and let it go. So I like that because, for me, I just want to draft and forget it. Or I want to be challenged. I want there to be engagement throughout the year. And that's what you get with Reality Sports Online. Reality Sports Online brings decision points to the Dynasty Leaguer throughout the offseason. You have to decide who to transition tag and who to franchise tag and who to extend next year. Like, Do you extend Leonard Fournette? That's a difficult question. Is he going to land on a team to be a primary back in the league in 2021 and beyond? Because this is his last year in Jacksonville. Will he be a starting running back in the NFL next season? You have to answer that question. Nate believes the answer is yes. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with Leonard Fournette. I think that he will be a starting running back in the league because I think he's going to exceed expectations this year and secure at least a Melvin Gordon level contract as a primary back in the NFL in 2021. So I would extend Leonard Fournette in reality sports online if he were on my roster because If you don't have one of these proper bell cows that can win in all phases, that can catch a lot of passes, and will get a lot of red zone looks, you need to have that. You need to be active in the red zone and in the passing game. And Leonard Fournette is that. And that is still a rare bird in fantasy football. Just aren't that many of those guys. One day, if this running back renaissance continues, then we'll have 32, right? There'll be 32 bell cows. And maybe wide receivers won't even be drafted in the first two rounds. Maybe it'll be all running backs in rounds one and two. I look forward to that day. But for now, for now, running backs getting a Leonard Fournette level opportunity share with Leonard Fournette's speed and explosiveness, you can count those running backs on one hand. So that's why I want to be in a league where I have to use my brain in the offseason. That's what I want to do. I don't just want to Field spam offers all offseason. I actually want to manage my roster. That's the beauty of reality sports online. You get far fewer spam offers and far more engaging decision points that test your acumen as a dynasty leaguer because most dynasty leagues are boring. Reality sports online leagues are not boring. Say what you want about reality sports online. It ain't boring. So go there now. Reality Use the promo code underworld to start a league or launch a team for 10% off. Fantasy just got real. RealitySportsOnline.com. That somehow turned into a Leonard Fournette tout. I didn't see that coming.
0: No, that came out of nowhere. I thought you were going the other way with it. I thought you, I was positive you're going the other way with it.
1: No, Nate changed my mind on that. I was like, yeah, Leonard Fournette's more of a seasonal league play. Nate's like, no, 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 no. He's going to follow that Melvin Gordon career path. Interesting. Melvin Gordon was inefficient until recently. Then he landed a primary back gig in Denver. Leonard Fournette, inefficient until the end. Lands a starting gig somewhere else next year. You can see it. You could easily see it. It's easy to see.
0: Yeah. He's definitely out of Jacksonville.
1: He's out of Jacksonville just as that offensive line is improving and the offense is becoming more efficient. And may have found their franchise quarterback in Gardner Minshew. So it's bad timing for Leonard Fournette.
0: It's sad, sad
1: trombone. He had to suffer through the Blake Bortles era in Jacksonville. <laughs> Poor guy. So in this draft, start Miles Sanders, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers. And the beauty is you can still get Chark and A.J. Brown. <laughs> Robust running back again wins the day. You can have it all. You now have the wide receiver core you want with one of, if not the best, running back cores in the league. And it's a win now and win in the future league. That's my favorite part of it, is that Jonathan Taylor could break out as early as week one. Cam Akers will likely be the starter in week one. We know Miles Sanders has already broken out and is being drafted in round one in seasonal leagues. It was weird to get a 22-year-old Miles Sanders later in a dynasty league than he typically goes and redraft it was because of the super flex component i get it but it felt weird nonetheless so we ended up filling out our wide receiver core beyond aj brown and dj chark with henry ruggs as i mentioned but also paris campbell and christian kirk and traquan smith and anthony miller how do you feel about that wide receiver core
0: I've, I've seen Traquan Smith as uh, more so more so lately uh, as these drafts are, are, are taking place. Um, you know, what is uh, I, I want to be sold again on Traquan Smith. Have we I, I guess I've written him off, but but maybe it sounds like prematurely outside of Smith. Love those picks. What's wrong with Traquan
1: Smith? There's vacated targets in New Orleans. Ted Ginn is gone. Gone. Ted Ginn is gone. Ted Ginn was holding Traquan Smith back. And now there's no Ted Ginn. And the coaches love Traquan Smith. Did you know that?
0: I did not know that.
1: They love his blocking. They love his fundamentals. They love his work ethic. They love all the intangibles that don't actually translate into fantasy points, unfortunately. (laughs) But for fantasy football, you get a guy with a 128.8 85th percentile burst on the field with Drew Brees. That's what you're looking for because throughout his career he's been a splash play specialist, right? We had a week in his rookie year, week five, where Traquan Smith scored 26 fantasy points. And then in week 11 of his rookie year, he scored 31 fantasy points. So he's been a top five receiver for multiple weeks during his first two seasons. And he just turned 24. He's still young. Mm-hmm. He was a day two pick. Mm-hmm. He's still 24 years old. And he's an explosive downfield Playmaker tethered to Drew Brees. What's not to like about a guy like Traquan Smith? Because he has a prototypical size. If something happens to Michael Thomas, it would be Traquan Smith that moves into the x receiver role at mm-hmm. 6'2, 210. That's why you roster Traquan Smith late in a dynasty startup. You want young players with real upside, ideally, running backs that can operate in a bell cow role and wide receivers that can operate in an alpha receiver role. Trey Smith is one of those rare players at the end of dynasty league startups. That's just there and available
0: with that profile. The concern that I have, you're not sold.
1: You're not sold. You're still going to concerns.
0: I, I have, I want to get out one concern. I want to get out one concern. You, you note, eloquently the drew Brees window the drew Brees window is there my concern from a dynasty standpoint is post drew breeze obviously you know obviously Jameis is there um we've seen him you know flamus we've seen him lighted up before uh we've also seen him struggle
1: what'd you call him would you call him
0: flamus flamus winston dude
1: flamus winston i love that
0: that's not me that's someone on twitter i don't know who i don't know who that was
1: i love that
0: that's new to me Hey, it's new to me, man. Okay, okay. Flamus, great job. I don't want to take credit for that. Someone on Twitter, take credit for that. But Flamus, Winston, I loved it.
1: Can you please not do that? Most of the people that listen to this show (laughs) don't follow the same people you follow on Twitter. They have no idea.
0: Okay, so it's all me. It's all me.
1: (laughs) Stop ceding credit and just accept the compliment.
0: Appreciate it, dude. I I, I appreciate it. Um, So again, as I was saying... The, the post drew Brees era in New Orleans to me is going to be a trickier one to navigate that that's that's my concern, but again, as you know, where you're getting them probably probably null and void, but you want to know where I got him where'd you get him?
1: at the last pick in the twenty third round of a superflex startup
0: yeah you can't you can't really argue about that you can't argue about
1: that. I got him after Josh Gordon, after Jalen Samuels. After Alshon Jeffrey, after DJ Dallas, after Miles Boykin. Miles <laughs> Boykin, really? In a vacuum, Traquan Smith is a far superior wide receiver to Miles Boykin. If I were starting a franchise today, I would not have Miles Boykin on my draft list at all. He would not be an option. I would get my hands on Traquan Smith though. Now the question, how do we fill out the running back roster? We start with the Three elite young studs.
0: Robust. Taylor,
1: Akers, Sanders, Sanders, Akers, Taylor. Oh, just oh, just love this team. Here are the running backs we picked up late. Jarek McKinnon, Chase Edmonds, Jamichael Hasty, Royce Freeman, Mike Boone. Your thoughts.
0: Like it, man. These are these are some of our favorite poster children. Boone, McKinnon, uh, just ridiculous athleticism. Um, obviously, we know about the story with McKinnon and, and, and the injuries. We get all that. Going back to offseason hype, Kelly. We've seen and we're being told, we're being fed that McKinnon's knee is it is it is back. It is responding better than ever.
1: It's revised, right? He went in for the revision surgery, and the knee has been revised. What else do you want to hear? It, nothing else. He's literally, literally. One of the top five most athletic running backs in the league. No doubt about it. Size adjusted, it's Saquon Barkley and it's Jonathan Taylor. But if you don't size adjusted, then he is the most impressive athlete at the running back position. And he's on a team with a wide open depth chart at running back. You just want to take shots on San Francisco 49ers running backs and see how training camp plays out. Jermichael Hasty gets cut. Not a problem. In these FFPC leagues... You draft 26 players and you have to cut down to 22 before the season starts. So you're incentivized to pound running backs at the end of these drafts just to see if one of them happens to land in a situation where they're going to command opportunities in week one. That could be Hasty. That could be McKinnon. Royce Freeman could get traded. Dalvin Cook could hold out. That's why we selected Boone and Freeman and McKinnon and Hasty. And when I say we, I drafted along with my Roto Underworld colleague, Mike Randall. He's also a stud. <laughs> and I know that you might think, oh, well, this is, this is too good to be true. You must have made compromises somewhere. And yeah, we did. You know, we didn't mention a quarterback until the middle rounds in Superflex. Mm-hmm. So we do not have a strong quarterback room. <laughs> it's Cousins. It's Darnold and then Jalen Hurts, and then Tyrod Taylor. Selected Taylor after Hurts. Taylor is the win-now mobile quarterback, and Jalen Hurts is the the win-in-the-future mobile quarterback. You need three starters in any Superflex league. You need three quarterbacks in case one gets hurt, as well as to dodge difficult matchups. You have Sam Darnold on your roster. You want to dodge the Patriots. You want to dodge the Bills. That's why you have Tyrod Taylor. And then if Justin Herbert takes over sometime in the second half, you just you hope to ride out Darnold and Cousins. Maybe something happens to Wentz. Hopefully not, but he could get hurt. He's been hurt a lot. Then it's the Jalen Hurts show, and then it's just bananas.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hurts is Hurts has to be one of the favorite, uh, you know, late round darts in these super flex leagues.
1: So happy to get him.
0: You pull him up on player on player profiler, man. Ninety fifth percentile QBR, ninety eighth percentile yards yards per attempt. Size adjusted alone, the type of athlete he is, um, just just bananas, man. Ninety fifth percentile, ninety second percentile, forty yard and burst score respectively. Just the he's the Konami code. This is, these are the type of quarterbacks you want to throw darts at.
1: We reached for TJ Hawkinson because it's tight end premium. I expected the young tight ends to go earlier, and I really want TJ Hawkinson. So took TJ Hawkinson at the 601. Unfortunately, Gasecki, Fant, and Goddard didn't go off the board until round nine. And Johnu Smith and Austin Hooper and Ian Thomas and Blake Jarwin didn't go off the board until round eleven. Could have waited on Hawkinson. In retrospect, should have waited on Hawkinson. Cortland Sutton was there. Cortland Sutton and Terry McLaurin were there at the 601. That would have been the move. Fucked up. So that's the one regret from the draft. But I mentioned Blake Jarwin. That was also me, right? So the tight end room is Hawkinson and Jarwin and say the name. Say the name. Say the name. Who's the third tight end? The building block of all building blocks. The young stud. Every tight end premium team should be targeting. His name is Adam
0: fucking Troutman.
1: The young stud, every Titan Premium team should be targeting. His name is?
0: Is, is, it, is it? It's not Troutman. Can't be Troutman. Is it Troutman? I don't know, Kelly. There's a lot of pressure, buddy. I wanted to go out on that. Do you not know how to go out? Dude, you just hit me with a crescendo that I have no idea what the answer to. Why did you
1: ask a question instead of making a declarative statement? It's Adam Troutman! <laughs> we have to redo this. See, this is why people. Stream the show on Facebook So they can see the outtakes live yeah, I wasn't confident in the Trump. And... When it's all stitched together in the editing room It sounds great <laughs> It's a finished product But while we're recording We have instances like You answering the final question of the show With a fucking question <laughs> Unconfidently You answered a question with a question Not confident at all Yeah, I had no idea So you're great before the show And you're great during the show You stink at the beginning, and you stink at the end. (laughs) Intros and outros, that's not your specialty. Not a strong suit for Ryan Lopes.
0: Threw me for a loop.
1: So we had to do three or four intros to get it right. Mm -hmm. And even though I accepted the intro you ultimately did, it was a little too laid back. You're very cool. You're the coolest guy in all of fantasy football. (laughs) I worry the intro was too cool, but we went with it. Okay. We went with it. Now you have to do me a favor. You have to summon serious enthusiasm
0: Okay. for Adam Troutman. Say the name Adam Troutman with some force. Can I yell Adam fucking Troutman? Is that That's way too much. It's way too much. If you
1: yelled Adam fucking Troutman, I would love you for it.
0: Okay, let's do it, dude. Tee me up. Tee me off off the backboard, Kelly.
1: I'm going with what I said earlier, and then I'm going to edit it, and then we have a, a couple beats, and then we say what you say. And then, so, okay, I'll tee you up. I'll help you when you're doing your scenes on the actor off screen, helping you. Yeah. Helping to get you in the right frame of mind. Sure, no problem. That tight end, wait, you're drinking water. Wait, no, no, sorry. I was looking at the stream. My bad. My bad. I was looking at the stream. I, was, I, was, I had the wrong window open. I was looking at the stream. We're good. We're good. Okay, we're okay. good. I suck at streaming. <laughs>
0: I suck at outros. And intros. Okay. 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 (laughs) Okay. This is not helping the confidence boost here, Kelly. Just tee me up. I got to fucking piss. Let's go, buddy. The tight end's name is... Adam fucking Troutman. And that's the show.
1: All right, Facebook. Thank you for bearing with us. I'll be more prepared next time. This was an impromptu show. No Nate list. Ryan really wanted to put a show on for you. Thank you for watching. The shitty live, uncut, unedited version of the show. Go listen to the podcast to see how it all got stitched together. We're just gonna do a basic show. I'm not trying to do a lot of outtakes today. I'm not trying. I'm trying to go meat and potatoes. And uh, Ronald Jones is going to be the early down grinder. And they're saying Keyshawn Vaughn's a straight backup. I don't believe them. I think that's what they say. I think it's called veteran deference, and that can last a week or it can last yeah um, three weeks, but it doesn't last the full season. Two hundred and fifty dollar buy-in. I mean, that's no—you call that high stakes? It's a joke. It's not high stakes. Fuck off. (laughs) Who the fuck do you think you are, man? (laughs) I mean, honestly, because that's the thing, right? You do realize that you have DFS analysts that are drafting zero RB, which necessarily means you play a wide receiver in flex, and you rarely play a wide receiver in flex in DFS, even in full PPR. Draft kings. So it doesn't make sense. If you think that playing a wide receiver in flex is optimal every week, week in, week out, why the fuck aren't you doing it in DFS? I know why. Because most of the cash game lineups hit the pay line, and most of the winning tournament lineups start running backs in flex. That's why. <laughs> because running backs score more fantasy points than wide receivers. They touch the football in both the passing game and the running game. They're multidimensional. That's the beauty of the running back for fantasy football. They're Mm -hmm. multidimensional, and they're more heavily used in the red zone. Wide receivers are one-dimensional. There's no way a wide receiver can compete with the elite running backs. They just can't touch the ball enough. It's impossible. And so to say I'm going to stack my entire roster with with early-round wide receivers and miss on all the good running backs, miss on Kamara, miss on Miles Sanders, miss on Nick Chubb, miss on Josh Jacobs, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Jonathan Taylor? You won't stand for it. Hoping that maybe you can get Cam Akers or DeAndre Swift. Not if I can help it. (laughs) You can't get DeAndre Swift if I have anything to say about it. I'm going to single-handedly move DeAndre Swift into the fourth round. That's going to be me. He's going to move ahead of Akers on the ADP big board, and he is going to become unattainable for zero RB drafters. That was the last guy that they had a hope of getting, a true all-purpose bell cow back with a high ceiling. Once I've moved DeAndre Swift into the fourth round, zero RB backs will have nothing left. They'll have nothing left. It'll just be Devin Singletary and Karrion Johnson and Phillip Lindsay (laughs) and Raheem Mostert, and those teams can just spin their way around the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fucking zero RB. Fucking kidding me. <laughs> I borrowed that exact language and that tone from the counselor. Yeah, someone just sent me this article. People suggesting going zero running back. Are you fucking kidding me? Zero fucking running back? You fucking can sheeps us. That's
0: your boy, man.
1: Fucking zero RB. Fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, he's so dismissive because it's so silly.
0: He seems legit bothered by it.
1: It's one thing to be counterintuitive, and if you want to be counterintuitive to such a degree where you're flying headfirst against common sense, then the bar becomes much higher. The amount of evidence you have to present to say, hey, you need to violate your basic instincts, violate all common sense, and go with this contrarian strategy that feels wrong. But here's a mountain of evidence to support the position why it's right. And 0RB is so far from providing enough evidence to violate common sense at this point. Because as the years go on, the running back tiers diverge, and the bell cow backs become even more valuable, score even more points above the stream, and the wide receivers score less. The super high-end wide receiver, the Michael Thomas, is becoming an endangered species, and they may go extinct this year. We may have multiple Christian McCaffreys. I'm preparing my body for multiple Christian McCaffreys this year and no Michael Thomas. No more 20-point wide receivers. No more 1,500-yard wide receivers. There's just too much talent on these teams in the passing game, and there are too many quarterbacks that are surveying the field back in shotgun and can go through more read progressions that the idea that you would just lock into your primary option, those days are over.
0: You've laid out a case, Mr. Kelly you and the counselor in lockstep which is always good to see early on lockstep who else is going to be wearing that christian mccaffrey type crown who else who else do you like
1: barkley could do it aaron jones could do it Mm. miles sanders could do it here for the aaron jones love there's a number of running backs that could do it hell josh jacobs could do it why not why not
0: worried about jacobs
1: they just decide that jacobs is a better receiver than jalen richard and there you go Done. Ezekiel Elliott could do it with yards and touchdowns. We're looking at Nick Chubb as this year's Derrick Henry. We're looking at Saquon Barkley as this year's Christian McCaffrey. We're looking at Joe Mixon as this year's Dalvin Cook. Mm. But we also have Dalvin Cook, you see? But we also have Christian McCaffrey, you see? But we also have Derrick Henry, you see? (laughs) So there are going to be teams in your league that have two bell cow backs that are outscoring all the wide receivers. So with you and your four wide receivers, how the hell are you going to compete against that team? How? How? How?
0: How? How? Praying for the volume through the air. You're Praying for it. You're praying for a rainstorm, Kelly. You're praying for it.
1: Right. You have Saquon Barkley as this year's Christian McCaffrey, and you have a Nick Chubb in your RB2 slot as this year's Derrick Henry, and oh, by the way, you drafted Woods, Chark, McLaurin, Marquise Brown in rounds five through eight. So it's not like you're taking a big hit at wide receiver either. Like the math just doesn't make sense. The argument against a robust running back is so flimsy. No. It's not empirical at all. It's just a religion at this point. It's an ideology. It's not based on anything that exists in a concrete reality. It's a fantasy. It's literally fantasy football. It's fantasy fantasy football. That's what it is. It's fantasy fantasy football. <laughs> That's the world that these RB deniers are living in.
0: You're going to get a lot of a lot of mileage out of that one. I already know it.
1: I'm already getting a lot of mileage out of this.
0: <laughs> fantasy fantasy football.
1: It's fantasy fantasy football. But please, by all means, play wide receivers in flex on DraftKings. See how that works out zero RB DFS grinders as if that person even exists, right? There's no DFS sharp that's going zero RB in seasonal leagues. How could you do that and then play running backs in flex every single week on DraftKings? You just you wouldn't be able to do that rationally. Yeah, going live is a goddamn process, bro. <laughs> no, you see this every year where the seasonal league drafter, right? The more casual fantasy leaguer. Mm-hmm. They don't trust rookies. And players like a Jonathan Taylor will start to leak ADP as the weeks go on throughout the summer. Like Jonathan Taylor's losing about a slot and a half in drafts, even at the FFPC, as the summer goes on. Mm-hmm. He's now being drafted in the early fourth round as opposed to the mid-third round. So the upside of Jonathan Taylor is being slowly forgotten. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the... DFS grinders who have been playing running backs in flex for years. Looking forward to the day that they start playing wide receivers predominantly in flex on DraftKings. I'm waiting for that day. I got to see it to believe it.
0: See with your own two eyes.
1: Because if you really believe in wide receiver and that you should be reverse engineering your entire draft to play wide receivers in flex, then you better be playing wide receivers in flex in DFS. We're going to have a nice, easy, workman-like show. There's not a lot of fluff on this show sheet.
0: (laughs) We just got our lunch pails.
1: We just got our lunch pails. Ready to go. If you have any negative sentiments about Zero RB, feel free (laughs) to surface them on the
0: show. Feel free to share. They won't be coming out of my mouth. I'm going to... (laughs) <laughs> what we'll be coming out of my mouth. The
1: ultimate nonsensical strategy where you willfully start players that score less fantasy points than other players.
0: <laughs> right? I mean... Are our Facebook friends seeing us, Kelly? Are we, are we ready to rock?
1: We're live on Facebook. Yeah, we're live on Facebook. And everyone on Facebook, just get ready this season for multiple Christian McCaffreys and zero Michael Thomas. I'm prepared for a season where there are no 20-point wide receivers and there are as many as 12 20-point running backs because that's the way the league has been trending, and there's just been this constant influx of talent at the running back position that has increased the ceiling in what these RB1s are capable of. We see it. Le'Veon Bell was the first. Then Todd Gurley. And then, don't forget, Melvin Gordon two years ago. The RB5, 22.5 fantasy points per game with a worse offensive line than he has now in Denver. Outscored even Michael Thomas last year, and no one thinks of Melvin Gordon as this elite running back. And yet, I'm happy to get Melvin Gordon the third and fourth round, absolutely, because no wide receiver is going to score 22 and a half fantasy points per game. The one wide receiver that could do it, the one that could do it, it's not Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is the floor play, and we saw his ceiling last year. The guy that could do it, the guy that could get to 22 fantasy points a game this year, is Devontae Adams. He's the ceiling play. And the only way i'm going zero rb is if i have the 112 and michael thomas falls to me and he never makes it to the 112 so i'll very rarely if ever be implementing zero rb but even if i'm at the 111 the only way i would want to go zero rb is if i know i can get adams at the 202 but i wouldn't trust that my league mates wouldn't draft adams so therefore i wouldn't draft thomas at the 111. you see the dilemma
0: what do you say to those that are rolling out kelly what the kids are calling modified zero running back
1: modified zero running back is a nonsensical phrase let's talk about it it doesn't make any sense you want to know why because modified implies you're drafting one running back at least Mm -hmm. and having grown up with the english language and taking (laughs) math class going all the way back to age four or five i know that one doesn't equal zero 0RB is 0RB. If it's not 0RB, don't call it 0RB. Come up with a new name. Come up with a new name. Modified 0RB is a nonsensical phrase. It means nothing. It's the most meaningless phrase. It doesn't mean anything. So just come up with a name that actually means something. Robust running back means something. How about robust wide receiver? How about that?
0: It's got a a ring to it.
1: They could go robust wide receiver and sneak a running back in there, but you want to know what happens? You want to know why they won't do that? (laughs) Because... Some brands are tied, especially at Rotoviz. The brand is tethered to zero RB. Mm -hmm. So they're flying the zero RB flag and the internet wants to drive traffic where someone types in zero RB to Rotoviz. So it's all about reverse engineering the search engine optimization. It's not about accurate terminology. Mm -hmm. No. Then it would be robust wide receiver. No, 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 we can't do that. Can't do that. We gotta use zero RB because that's the brand and it's tied to our SEO rating so we're gonna create some Frankenstein label that doesn't make any sense
0: <laughs> tell me I'm wrong tell me I'm wrong I think you have a very strong point especially about branding you know zero running back as that, that is a uh, that is a flag that a lot of people recognize just say robust wide receiver yeah for sure we can we can, we can can call it something else.
1: Either hit me with zero running back and do zero running back, or don't do zero running back mm-hmm. and call it what it is. But you can't call it robust wide receiver even if you're drafting Christian McCaffrey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Fuck out of here. The most valuable round is round one by far and away, and, and you're going to invest the most valuable capital in a running back? No, no, you can't do that. You can't be in any world where there's even a whiff of Robust wide receiver or zero RB? If you're drafting a running back in round one, come
0: on, man. I want to talk before we press forward, Kelly, and go slightly off a show sheet here. You and I were we're going back and forth off air, okay? And you were you were rattling off your running back targets. I have to know, Kelly. Are you taking the likes of Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs over guys like Tyreek Hill, who's often there at the start of the second round? If you're on the turn there,
1: yes. Of course. Of course. The opportunity cost, bro. It's easy to lay out the logic. You could either have Tyreek Hill and Devin Singletary, or you could have Miles Sanders and Marquise Brown. Now, Devin Singletary is going a couple rounds before Marquise Brown, so that's not even necessarily a fair assessment. Would you rather have Miles Sanders and DJ Chark or... Would you rather have Tyreek Hill and Devin Singletary?
0: I'm comfortably passing on the Singletary side.
1: Well, that's the problem. See, this is the problem. If you forego running back in round two, then you're going to have to draft a running back at some point. Yeah. And Devin Singletary is going at slot 51.9. Like He's the best running back still on the board at the start of round five. He's going at slot 51.9. And this just happened. Like He was going in the late fourth round. Mm-hmm. So it's just recently that he became available in the early fifth. I'm giving you best-case scenario. Yeah, Best-case scenario. Chark is going later than Devin Singletary. Chark's going five slots later because he's now rising up the ADP board. Devin Singletary is falling. So they're closing the gap. Chark is within five slots of Singletary and... Miles Sanders is within five slots of Tyreek Hill. So which would you prefer?
0: Yeah, the single the Singletary is a tough sell. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a recent uh, Football Guys Championship uh, draft here, Kelly. Um, the only other option that I can think of, and it's a risky one, for those zero RB truthers, is Darius Geis is going around or so after Dangles, Devin Singletary. That's a back that you and I both like.
1: I'll tell you right now, I prefer Sanders and Shark. Mm-hmm. to Hill and Geis. What about Chubb?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What about Chubb? You could have Chubb or you could have DeAndre Hopkins. Isn't that the decision point? They have similar ADPs. That's the best decision point I can come up with in the second half of the second round. Similar ADPs. Hopkins versus Chubb. And he can go later. We can go later in the draft where Marquise Brown is getting drafted. He's getting drafted at slot 72. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's... Four spots after Ronald Jones. So, would you rather have DeAndre Hopkins and Ronald Jones or Nick Chubb and Marquise Brown?
0: Yeah, comfortably fading the Rojo team as well.
1: See? See, every time, if you iterate and iterate and iterate and simulate draft after draft after draft, the robust running back rosters are also anti-fragile, right? Because it is structural drafting in that you're protecting yourself against running back fragility By drafting extra stud running backs. Mm -hmm. And you're giving yourself the ability to benefit from the uncertainties. The NFL this year this increased uncertainty around game day status of players. So that increases the likelihood that late-round running backs will hit periodically throughout the season. Well, if you go robust running back and get your running backs early, you then have the entire middle of the draft where you can be drafting wide receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks. And then you can finish the draft pounding running backs late
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and stockpile your bench with those same zero RB backs that the zero RB truthers are trying to hoard and now you're competing for the same running backs. So you have Chase Edmonds, you have Duke Johnson, you have Zach Moss. Drafting running backs early doesn't preclude you from also drafting the most attractive zero RB backs later. You get the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. You get to benefit from the uncertainty around player status as well as create an anti-fragile roster in that if you experience one or two running back injuries, you still have a stud RB1 and an RB2, and then one of your late-round running backs can pop, and then you play them in flex. You're coming at it thinking, we're going to maximize the amount of points we're going to score in flex with a running back, as opposed to coming at it from the other direction thinking, well, 0RB five years ago stated you should be playing wide receivers in flex, we're going to keep doing that even though the wide receiver tiers are converging and the running back tiers are diverging. We're just going to keep hammering that nail, keep hammering that until the nail's already pounded and we're still just keep pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding pounding until we're just pounding on the wood, just pounding on the wood, just pounding on the wood. Because that's what we were doing for years. It's called learning. (laughs) Learning means you continue to process new information, and change your behavior based on the current conditions in front of you. See that's called learning. See that?
0: Your perfect draft buddy. If you could have chips fall your way, you're starting four running backs 1 through 4 and then you're hoping for the fifth round, you're hoping to to land shark and it's it's wheels up after that?
1: It just depends. The fourth round is really a wild card round. It depends on who's okay. available. If, if DJ Moore, if Allen Robinson, AJ Brown, if these players are available in round four, I'm pushing the button on one of these elite wide receivers. Okay. That to me is easy. The beauty of a DeAndre Swift being available in the fifth round is that you can dip your toe in at wide receiver as early as round four. Mm-hmm and still get four stud running backs if you include deandre swift mm-hmm. you can have everything you can have it all you can have an Allen robinson and a robert woods and a Devontae parker and a marquise brown and a terry mclaurin you can have all of these players you know which wide receiver finished in the top five in terms of relevant best ball weeks
0: last season talk to me who was it show his face
1: jarvis landry landry jarvis landry now the spike weeks weren't there Mm -hmm. But he was getting in lineups in best ball leagues. It's consistent. At a very high rate. Mm -hmm. Top five among NFL wide receivers in relevant best ball weeks. And that's a guy you can get in round eight and nine. You just keep going back to it. Keep hitting wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Then you can play the matchups. So The beauty of pounding wide receiver in that zone is you can play the matchups. So let's say the Bengals offense... has dramatically improved, and Jarvis Landry is going up against the Bengals, and it's on the road. So we think that the Bengals are going to be in it. You play Jarvis Landry. You play Jarvis Landry over a wide receiver you may have drafted a couple rounds earlier. Mm -hmm. And then you're getting high-end production out of your wide receiver core without investing early-round picks in wide receivers. Jarvis Landry plays the Raiders in Week 8. That's a great team to
0: play against, right? Kelly, you every fucking time, buddy. We get a, we get some, we get some Raider shade thrown around here.
1: The Browns play the Bengals in Week Two and in Week Seven. How about that? And they play Washington in Week Three. All <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, load up on Landry, man. Load up on Landry where he's going.
1: They play the Cowboys, who lost a key corner.
0: Byron Jones, Gonzo. Very, very true.
1: They lost one of the best corners in the league. Mm-hmm. So Browns play the Cowboys Week Four. How about them cowboys? It's going to be a shootout every week down there in Lone Star State. <laughs>
0: it's a fantastic act.
1: Why you bring us in?
0: Let's, let's go ahead, Kelly. It's Saturday. I'm excited to be back, boys and girls, for another live edition of the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. I'm your host today. You can find me on The Bird on Twitter. Wait,
1: that was the introduction?
0: That's the intro, man. That's the oh. intro.
1: No, that was too late back. Too late? Yeah. Welcome the audience, man. Crank up the enthusiasm slightly.
0: I wanted the whole intro. Dude, I was was in the middle of the most enthusiastic one. I called Twitter to the bird. I stopped it. All right. We've been live for a while. I guess I can't do the regular intro, is what I'm being told. you got to do the regular
1: intro. That was it. I was in the middle of it. No, you got to... Welcome to the Sonic Truth Dynasty
0: podcast with a little bit of flair. That was it. I was in the middle of it. I don't know. I don't know how Nate does it. I really don't know how Nate does it. I don't know how Nate does it. This is the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. Is that Matt? Was that was that where it need to be? Sure. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast this is a live edition. We're on Facebook. Uh, I'm your host. Still Ryan Five on Twitter. That, that was terrible. Just take a breath. Dude, what are you- what are you doing to me? Can I just fucking do the intro? Can I just do the
1: intro? Take a breath, take a breath. Because it's too casual, you're starting too casual. Take a deep breath. Yo. And welcome the audience to the Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast. Now you're muted. We lost audio.
0: I'm here. I'm still here. I'm just- I'm just- I'm just waiting.
1: Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I was looking at the stream. I gotta stop looking at the stream, it's confusing. Oh, we're huge. Our faces are gonna be so huge in this.
0: Oh my. Just just mega faces? In the bayou, right? You wear boots on the ground at the scouting combine. You had your binoculars.
1: No, at the senior bowl.
0: Feels like a mistake.
1: He's 10 pounds heavier, or now he's not. Now he's 10 pounds lighter.
0: <laughs> right, because Ronald Jones gained 20 pounds? Feels like a mistake. I will eat my shoe. I will eat this. I will
1: eat my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Asked for a mulligan on the Karrion Johnson pick, and got it in the form of DeAndre Swift.
0: Let's let's take a take a step back for the for the for the Hamler hype here.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm happy that we have more talent in the backfield because we needed it. Like brrr, what? It was the ultimate beta soy boy move.
0: I don't know. I don't know how Nate does it. I really don't know how Nate does it.
1: It's a fantasy. It's literally fantasy football. It's fantasy fantasy football.
0: Fantasy fantasy football. Cuz
1: normally I draft late in rookie drafts cuz my teams are so good.
0: Fantasy fantasy football.
1: That's the world that these RB deniers are living in. That's what it is. It's fantasy fantasy football.
0: You're going to get a lot of a lot of mileage out of that one. I already know it.
1: Oh, this is some kind of special hell. <laughs> You gotta get this Ronald Jones. Now is the time. His breakout is imminent. And if you believe that,
0: you're a sucker. They won't be coming out of my mouth.
1: You stink at the beginning and you stink at the end. What are you doing to me? Can I just fucking do the intro? Can I just do the intro? How? 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 How about them Cowboys? It's gonna be a shootout every week down there.
0: in Lone Star State. This is, you know, this is a little peek behind the curtain for him.
1: You could have had Miles Sanders at this time last year for a fraction of what it takes to get him now. So what are you waiting for?
0: Every fucking time, buddy. We get a we get some, we get some Raider shade thrown around here.
1: Oh yeah, this guy's special, isn't he? Man, I had an opportunity to get him
0: and I blew it. I'm just I'm just waiting.
1: Smash that shit. Smash, smash, smash.
0: Show his face. I don't fuck around, Matt Kelly. He's barely awake when he turns the mics on. I'm not gonna bite. I'm not gonna bite with that one either. Robust running back, again, wins the day. You can have it all. The concern that I have.
1: You're not sold? You're still going to concerns?
0: Robust. flamous, flamous Winston, dude.
1: Hey, it's new to me,
0: man. Show his face. I don't fuck around, Matt Kelly.
1: Stronger than Derek Carr. Certainly. That is still a rare bird in fantasy football.
0: Just tee me up. I got to fucking piss. Let's go, buddy. Push the button. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for?
1: I suck at outros and intros.